Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second Breakthrough Show Roundtable. I know that you're probably wondering why Sunny sounds so weird, and that's because I'm not Sunny. So my name is Isabeau, and I'm the marketing manager for the Breakthrough Apps team, and I get to be your host today. So please join me in welcoming our team. For those of you that might be joining us for the first time, let's get you introduced to everyone. I'm here with Katie, our partner success manager. Hello. Hey, Katie. And of course, our CEO and co-founder and our normal host, Sunny. Hola, this is Sunny. This is Sunny. <laughs> so <All right. laughs> you guys, uh, I'm excited about today's table uh, talk because I was recently talking to a friend of mine who is still really deep in the coaching game. And we were talking about like freebies and consultations, classes, one-on-one -on -one counseling. And it reminded me of this post that I saw years ago about giving away your time and expertise for free. And it made me think about last month's roundtable and some of the pain points that are associated with being tied to like one social media platform and sharing videos to like one exclusive space. So I don't know about you guys, but I see a ton of coaches giving away the goods for free on Instagram. Me too. And I feel like a little something is always good, right? Like a little tease, keep them wanting more, make them want to buy. But when you see people giving away so much content for free that no one even needs to buy their, their, you know, whatever their plan, their app, um, their course, because they, they see the majority of it already. And then they can figure the rest out by themselves. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's the expectation you set as a coach. We see this all the time where, you know, we launch certain apps and we set certain expectation with the audience and they just always expect free stuff or certain kinds of stuff. I definitely but think that it's like, it's a trend in consumerism because we're so used to going places and getting, getting those tastes, you go to the grocery store and they got like the aprons lady handing out snacks, <laughs> or you can join any gym and get a, a complimentary consultation with one of their personal trainers. But I feel like, especially on a platform like Instagram or Facebook, where do you decide to draw the line between too much and maybe not enough, maybe those teasers. So I would be curious to hear from a partner success perspective. Do you think, Katie, that giving away too much free content on social media is like detrimental to their coaching business? I do. I think that it's completely detrimental. And I feel like we've actually seen evidence of this with our own apps. I think um, the key is really to strike a balance. Like for instance, if you're on your Instagram and you want to advertise that, you know, you posted a new class to your app, like you need to give a clip of the first five seconds and that's it. You can't be giving, you know, these video clips and people like, you know, the carousel, people can scroll through and they can just really go through the whole class on your Instagram because what's the point? They're never going to go to your app and your current app subscribers are likely to leave because they don't know why they're paying 
for what they're paying for. And it's just way too difficult to obtain new subscribers because they look at your Instagram and they think, you know what, I can get an, at least enough from here. She pretty much posts every day of her classes, her workouts, this and that. And um, yeah, I think it's a really fine line and you definitely have to do a balance because how do you advertise your app? What are the, you know, how are you going to promote it? But I do think it's a hundred percent detrimental. Sunny. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with everything Katie said. It is, it is detrimental. Uh, but I, I also think, you know, it's really hard to, because there are so many people posting stuff for free. So if I'm a coach, it's really hard to figure out like, Hey, how do I compete with people that are posting stuff for free? Um, but you know, in like, in, in psychology, there's, I don't know what the exact law is, but there's a law of like limited availability, limited availability actually makes you seem more important, you know, and sometimes there's some basics that people are missing where they just look at what other coaches are doing and just do them blindly. Um, so I always encourage people to experiment, you know, run an experiment for a couple of months, do a bunch of free content, see what happens, and then do another experiment for a couple of months, but you don't do as much free content. Maybe you change things, the, the, the nature of the content, and you only do paid content and you see how that does. Um, yeah, because I, I think agree. it's different for everybody. I think that the scarcity component is really interesting because it was also something we touched on last month. You know, it's difficult to stand out in that sea of health and fitness influencers. And I think that it can be especially challenging for professional certified coaches, maybe people that came into an influencer status um, based purely on value and educational information as opposed to maybe popularity, which nothing is wrong with either. I think that both are great, but where do you draw the line? You know, it's so hard for a coach, especially somebody that's like well-established, maybe you're making a transition from an actual studio or brick and mortar gym to the online space. When you're posting free content, like Katie mentioned, every single day where people could literally go pick three videos, piece them together and have an entire workout routine. Once you set that expectation, how do you pull back on that? I was thinking about how I feel like a lot of influencers and coaches, whoever it may be, get, it becomes like a habit posting so much content because how did they become famous or well-known in the first place? They had to post content. So I feel like for your first, you know, however long it takes for you to really gain a following. So let's say for your first year, for your first year, it's like, you have to post all of that because you're trying to get noticed. You're trying to get followers. You're trying to build a social media business that will end up providing you an income. So I feel like because they start out that way, they don't know how to stop. They don't know how to like, they don't know what new content to provide. They don't know how to pull back. And it's really all they know. And I think it's, they have to toe that fine line of when they realize like, okay, I've made it to, to whatever level where I'm making some money now I have a business and it's time to like rein it in, pull it back. Yeah. It's so hard about this game too. Cause like, you always just got to keep going, always got to keep outdoing the previous thing you did on social media. 
and mm -hmm. keep going more and more. So if you gave away a bunch of free tutorials, now it's like, okay, now we need to give away a whole course or like we need to give away full length hour long classes. I think that that's the, the slippery slope too. And I think that because we're so used to seeing so much free health and fitness content on social media, it's hard to conceptualize the alternatives also. There's alternatives to giving away your programming for free. And mm -hmm. I, I think that it's not talked about enough or, or maybe the people that know are just hoarding that secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell us. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So I could tell you. So I, uh, I, I was reading an article and something that was really interesting as opposed to doing free content was doing you know, those teasers that we talked about and then progressing to maybe a more discounted model. So one of, in that initial LinkedIn post that I mentioned earlier, one of the things that, and I think especially in the health and fitness space, this is super relevant. Your time is your most valuable resource and asset. Once you give that time away for free, you can never get that back. And so setting up a system where you're still offering value at some sort of affordable rate, which is going to vary. I think that a lot of industries, there is a time and place for free content. So I'm going to tell you not to give your shit away for free, but I think that there is an appropriate time and method to do that. So I don't want to sound like I'm discounting it altogether, but a really interesting approach that I saw when I was still really actively coaching was pay what you can afford so that you're still getting a commitment from your audience or your clientele and keeping that value because people are only going to value your coaching or your programming as much as you value it. So if you give it away for free, that might lead your clientele to believe that it's not worth paying. Yeah, it's weird you say that. I've been to classes like that too. Like I've been to a few, you know, meditation type um, like programs and classes where it's donate what you can. So that's interesting that you bring that up. I feel like, I feel like how you're talking about, like you really have to value what you do. So others value what you do. I feel like it's like that in so many of these like creative type fields. Like I, fields. Like I feel like my photographer friends talk about that all the time where they'll say, especially any type of artist, you know, someone will say, Hey, can you, Hey, can you take my picture for this, this, and that? And it's like, this is their career. This is their business. You have to, you know, value that. Like, this is what they do every day. And I feel like the same is so accurate for fitness coaches and yoga teachers because so many of their friends, their family, followers on social media, just like, Hey, can you just show us this? What can I, what exercises can I do um, to help me with back pain? And it's like, all of that knowledge is what they bring to the table. Like that's their business. So I feel like a lot of people have imposter syndrome and they don't want to charge and they have to realize like you train for this. This is what you do every day. You are this good. And you have to realize that you're worth people paying for your service. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I also think that uh, just providing, 
you know, educational information or things like that is a really good alternative to just sharing your programming. Uh, because I think that oftentimes coaches, trainers, yogis get very caught up in the idea that I have to show you explicitly what it is I have to offer you. And I don't necessarily think that that's always the most important thing. I think providing your audience with the resources to educate themselves or validate the education that you have is another way that you can show them that you are credible and give them a reason to pay for your programming. We have some phenomenal yoga instructors as partners, and they have spent not just years, but a significant amount of money perfecting their craft. And it's almost disrespectful to expect them to give their time and their knowledge away for free. Definitely. Yeah. I, I feel like, do you feel like all of these like influencers and instructors are all kind of screwing each other over in a way? Like, because if some, if one person gives free content, then others feel they have to give free content. And now everybody's giving free content. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like that social pressure. Do you feel like they're all screwing each other over? I, I think so. Uh, I mean, I know so. We're definitely seeing it. But, but you know, the good news is I feel like a lot more people are talking about this and not giving away free stuff anymore. And I think there's this big trend of where people are charging for digital content. And even like... Instagram is doing a bunch of stuff around trying to get the creators paid, you know, whether the, and making it really easy for them to make money on Instagram and, and also on YouTube too. Like YouTube, if you do a live, um, people can pay you for like a Q and a to get their question prompted up. I, I don't know. I think Instagram live has a similar thing too, where people are starting to get paid. Yeah. So hopefully also- the trend moves that way. I also think, and I don't want to be that person, but I'm absolutely going to be. It's another perfect example of being tethered to one social media platform. It all really is like this big circle where they're competing with other people on this platform. And they feel like if I don't give away free content the way that person is giving away free content, my audience is going to leave. And so it is kind of like, we need the health and fitness community to come together as educators and professionals and value each other's programming, not just your own. Otherwise, it's, it's a very slippery slope for all trainers because that's not going to be sustainable in the long run. It's no longer a business. It's a hobby if you're giving all of your stuff away for free. Yeah. This is also why I talk about like, maybe I just have like a specific type of person that I like to follow on Instagram, but this is also, I talk about like variety of the things that you post. The people that I like to follow are not the people where every post is a workout or every single post is, you know, something related to their business. Like I want to see certain things about like just your life or your day or somewhere you went and that helps me connect with the person. And then I feel like it's important too. like, they can really utilize that to like always bring it back to their business. Like for instance, say they post a picture of themselves 
on vacation or what their family are doing, whatever. And in the caption, they can, you can always take it back to, for instance, like your app, you can say, you know, hat was on vacation with my family and, um, you know, haven't worked out for a few days. Can't wait to get home and take this class. Hey, if you're feeling like you need to get back into, you know, working out, try this class on my app. You can find it here. Like, I feel like you can always take it back to the app, but the, the post does not have to be you working out. It can be anything. If, you know, some of our partners, one of them's pregnant right now and, you know, she posts things about being pregnant and then maybe it's just a picture of, you know, it could be a selfie. And then in the caption, she talks about a prenatal class. So I feel like you really need to drive people to your app, to your business, but you don't need to post that content. Does that make sense? I agree. I think it can, you can be very clever and sort of subliminal. Yeah, very clever. People don't like to be marketed to. And that's one of the difficult things. And I think that that's also a reason that free content has just become so popular is when you're posting free content, you're never really put in a position where you have to sell yourself because you're expecting your free content to do it on its own. And I don't think that there's enough of an industry understanding as to how that can backfire and actually hurt your online business. Or if you have upgraded your business, your app business and your, your subscriptions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, do you guys know what NFTs are? So obviously a lot of people recently have been, there's been rumblings of NFTs, like a non, um, Fungible token, is that what it stands for? Which is essentially like it's selling a, a digital product as like a digital art piece. Like a lot, of, a lot of artists and content creators are using this. They're selling NFTs. And I think that, I love that that's becoming a bigger, bigger trend and a lot more people are doing it is be, because I think in the past, like when you, if you look at the history of the internet starting, there was just this like big, um, there was this big like thought leadership about internet is all free and open. And that's where like piracy was crazy, right? With Napster and whatnot. Because everybody was like, hey, it's just, wire. it's just digital, you know? Oh my gosh. People only looked at like tangible products as something that costs money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but, so true. And now it's like, we have all these digital products. Like literally we're using Zoom. Like we can't touch Zoom, right? Zoom is a multi-billion dollar company and it's not a, it's not a tangible product. So I think people just need to, and I think there's a trajectory of, you know, the population coming to terms with this. We just need to come to terms with that. Hey, even if it's a digital product, it's still a product, just like a physical product. Like you wouldn't give away a physical product for free. Yeah, why mean, the hell are we giving away digital products for free? People are doing cryptocurrency. If they can do that, they can. Do <laughs> yeah, they can get yeah. get on the digital uh, product train. Absolutely. So, since we're kind of on that digital space topic, another alternative to free content is, is offering that free content at the end, you know, I think a lot of people try and use free content as the top of sort of their sales funnel to draw in clientele. And ultimately we've seen it. 
I'm sure that every major software company that provides a service has seen it. You offer a free month. Free People come, yeah. they subscribe, they're there for a month. They might forget about their subscription and stay for a month or two, but then ultimately your bounce rate or your churn is going to go pretty high. So mm -hmm. something that I read, um, I have a subscription to Forbes and I've been reading a lot of the SaaS section mm. was offering these discounts or a freebie before somebody unsubscribes so that they can maybe get a month of consistency using your app or your programming. They don't feel like they are really losing any money because obviously they were considered leaving. And that gives you a whole nother 30 days to recapture that subscriber or that client. And I think that that's an alternative that's just not used enough. Oh, I'm such a sucker for that. That's a genius idea, but wait, hold on. I got to make note and send Rami an email about this because that's, we need to do stuff like that. Oh my gosh. I am such a sucker for that. We did a wine subscription and, um, I had, I had gotten like a, a deal for it. And so the first month I did it just cause I wanted to get this free wine. Right. And mm -hmm. then I go on after I set an alarm on my phone to cancel it because I'm always that person that forgets. So I go on to cancel it and they're like, are you sure that you want to cancel? If you don't cancel, we'll give you two bottles of free, more free wine with your next order. And I was like, Fine, <laughs> I'm not going to turn down two bottles of free wine. So then I'm what kind of person would I be? Now I'm still a subscriber. <laughs> like I am the biggest sucker. I am that consumer who is just, oh. so you know why that's, great. you know why that's genius, Isabel? I love that you brought that tactic up. Because that's such a great tactic because, you know, people are going to cancel for multiple reasons, right? And, but what we found is because we do a little exit survey from all of our apps, why people are canceling. And we've actually found like a large majority is money related. Yeah. So if you give them, but you know, money comes and goes for everybody. Sometimes people get laid off, they get a new job or like more expenses come up then they go down. It's, it's, it's not as much that they're not getting value from the product. If they're getting value, then they should continue somewhere or another and giving them that free thing just kind of gives them a little patch. But obviously as a product person, we can't advertise that because then everybody would just want to cancel. Right, right. But that is a great point. And, you know, especially, I mean, for me thinking about the last year, year and a half, you know, COVID hit us really, really hard where we are. And the gym health and fitness has always been sort of this overarching theme in my life. And I remember not being able to train for a couple of weeks and it wasn't a monetary issue for us, but it was life altering in a way. And I don't want to be dramatic, but it, it really was that for me is like mm -hmm. an outlet. I, I think that health and fitness plays a huge role in my mental health and in the way that I interact with just people on a regular basis. And I can't imagine what it might mean to somebody who maybe was just laid off and doesn't want to have to cancel whatever subscription they're using to improve their health and fitness or you know maybe they use Mary's app and they meditate every day and they just hit yoga once in a while. But to have that maybe 30-day leniency where you can do it sort of guilt-free and maintain whatever that practice is, like that's probably got to be a huge load off. And 
honestly not even a perspective that I considered. So I think that that's, that could be really cool. I agree. I think, I feel like some people too, it's just like, they just need that little extra push. Like a lot of times if like at the end of the month, it's like, you're looking at your budget and you're just like, do I really need this? Like, where can I, where can I like cut, you know, my expenses? And I feel like sometimes it's just, they need just a little bit of incentive. You know what I mean? Just to be like, oh, okay, maybe I won't. Like, this is so important to me just to kind of take their time and like reassess before they just say, oh, I'm just going to cancel. Yeah, I agree. I also just think that everybody kind of needs that buffer. And, you know, like, especially for us, our biggest motivating factor as an organization is helping people be healthier overall, whether that's their daily practice of yoga or, you know, one of the other modalities that our apps offer meditation, Pilates, things of that nature. And so just being able to, to, to extend that offer to people is a really simple way to also validate that, like, we are invested in your health and fitness as well. And I think that that's something that, you know, a lot of industries could implement but especially the health and fitness world, we really have to take a a hard look at some of the industry norms that I think the last year have really shown us weren't working to begin with. And maybe it just wasn't so obvious until now. I want to add one more thing too. Um, For coaches, I think, you know, obviously everybody wants to make money and make a sustainable income from what they're doing but I think another thing that they that coaches want to do and Isabeau keep me honest here one of the things that is a motivating fact because Isabeau is a coach is is a motivating factor is to have impact on people's lives right like you said our breakthrough apps we want to help people become healthier Um, so with that I feel like when you give stuff away for free versus charging for it I feel like when some when an end consumer pays for something, they also take it more seriously. I don't I have the stat off 100%. the top of my head, but we see this internally all the time. We're like, we have a much higher retention on people that are paying for the app, whether it's Mary's app, Hannah's app, Marisha's app, Kyle's app, whoever. People that are paying for it, they end up retaining and they've got like the highest streaks and the most total time and stuff. And I've noticed like for myself too, um, when I was trying to get into meditation, I just bought a subscription for Headspace and that significantly affected my life in a positive way. Cause I just, I'm like, I'm paying for this. I paid, you know, whatever it was, 80 bucks a year. And now I'm, 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 and I, and I, I was forced to stick with it because I put my dollar there. I agree. I think that when people have to pay for something, it makes them take it a lot seriously. Nobody wants to just throw money away. <laughs> and, and it's funny, right? So the, uh, the friend of mine that I was talking to, she's still in, in the CrossFit world. And it's very common. We do this thing called an on-ramp or fundamentals. And it's typically not just one consultation, but it could be two, three, four consultations. And a lot of facilities charge a lot. And a lot of facilities don't charge anything at all. 
And so she had mentioned like, oh man, you know, I had all of these people signed up to come in and do this on-ramp and they end up falling through and she just could not come up with a creative alternative to that system. And I think, and I'm sure that there are other, you know, gyms or specific types of health and fitness practice that have a similar problem, but it, it put me in the mindset of like, we really have to, to brainstorm this because especially in an industry like CrossFit, those certifications are not cheap. You spend countless hours studying, testing, training. Coaches get trained by HQ, which are like the elite coaches of that industry. And so how do you, how do you change that? Maybe instead of doing it for free, if you attend all of them at your scheduled times, we give you a slight discount on your first month or we give you a slight discount on your spouse's membership. So I think that ultimately the the moral of the story is there's an alternative to giving all your shit away for free. There's value. There's value to it. I'm not saying that there's not. Everybody loves a teaser. But at the end of the day, we're still trying to run successful health and fitness businesses. We want to make our clients healthier. And we also want to pay our bills. So it really comes back to what Katie said. I think it's all about finding balance, especially for those coaches that have invested a lot of time and money into education and programming. And yeah, you know, I think we should do a quick lightning round. We're kind of coming towards the end, 60 seconds. Give me your take now that we've kind of talked it out a a little bit. Free shit, yes or no? Free shit. A little bit. Yes. Mostly. No, I think you need to, I, you need to show the consumer what they really want. Nobody wants to do workouts off of Instagram. Like how annoying is that? You want to save 10 videos, you know, in your little, little save button in the right hand corner. No one wants to do that. You want it all in one place. So show the consumer what they want, show them it's worth it to buy your product, your guide, your app, like for instance, our apps, it's all in one place. And I think that if you value your product, you can, you can show them that it's worth it. It's worth it to pay, give a little sneak peek, give a little snippet. But other than that, don't give it away for free. Don't give shit away for free. Don't give shit away for free. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely don't, you know, it's, I look at free stuff as, as, as a tactic to try to get people in the door, right? That's why people are giving away samples at Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and whatever. So keep it at that. Keep it as a sample. Keep it as a tool. So selectively use it. And, um, and also, I think it's uh, this last thing I'll say is it's a matter of, matter of positioning your product and offering correctly. Like, remember, people aren't buying yoga from you or they're not necessarily buying, you know, weightlifting tutorials from you. What they're buying is results. So you have to, have to, have to position your product as results. Um, there's actually an article, a blog that I, that I wrote on our website about five, five steps to get started with an app. Um, and one of, the, one of the points there was like, how do we pick the categories in our apps? And that's like, 
those categories should be the results that people are looking for, whether that's stress relief, whether that's like getting started with yoga, et cetera, whatever your niche is. So position yourself correctly and don't give away free shit too much. I totally agree. I definitely lean more towards the the don't give away your shit for free, but I also agree that there's got to be a balance. Everything in moderation is okay. I think that especially like basics, a lot of our uh, partners could give away some basic information, you know, but don't give away all of your value. You've spent too much time training and learning and perfecting your craft. You, you as an individual are far too valuable to just give away all of that content and not see any benefit from it. And I want to piggyback off of the app mentioned because I absolutely agree about the saving all of the things in Instagram and going back. I think that there's so much value in being able to go to one place uninterrupted. And I love that our apps not just have the classes and the categories, but they also have an entire section for like pose guides. So there's really so many different facets to an app that allows you to give value to your students that it's it, there there's no need to give it away for free especially because apps now are just they're so affordable they just are they are absolutely affordable it's not like going to a brick and mortar gym where people have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on equipment so do yourself a solid keep all of that dope content for your clients that pay you just give away some of the teasers i love it the way well, to do it. All right, you guys. So there you have it. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. And to everyone listening, we hope you found this conversation insightful, maybe had a few laughs, and I hope that it gives you something to think about when it comes to the structure of your health and fitness business. So keep your eyes on our Instagram for our next breakthrough show live, and we'll see you next time.